Good evening, and welcome to the Television Graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noel Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. For this, our fourth, but not our final, Razzie episode, but the last for this month, we will analyze the history the hype, and the aftermath of that most classic of tales, Robin Hood. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Did you say Abe Lincoln? No, no, that's a better Robin Hood. I know, but this movie didn't have any quotes. Oh, really? Because I would have thought you would go with the first lines of the movie. So, I would tell you what year it was but I can't actually remember. I could bore you with the history, but you wouldn't listen. Because every good movie starts with negating its own premise. (laughs) Every movie should start with, you're not going to (laughs) care. I mean, a lot of movies try to start with, like, a spin on narration. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Tangled starts with, this is the story about how I died. Right. No, this is a fun story, and it's not even my story. Right, but that is a lot different than saying, if I tried to tell you the history, you would stop listening because it's boring. Yeah, like, this is a very... I would try to tell you the history, but our costume designer clearly ignored it, (laughs) so why should I tell you? Oh my god, this movie's all over the place. You couldn't see this, but Noah almost spat out his drink. So strap in, folks. It's Robin Hood 2018, because, you know... This is the only Robin Hood movie. Why give it a subtitle to separate it and make it easy to find? We are not even 10 years past the last movie just called Robin Hood. Really? 2010, Russell Crowe. That was only 2010? Yeah, it was playing on the other screen when you and I went to the drive-in theater that one time. Wow. Yeah, also that's my weird freak memory coming into play. So it starts with this, like... Opening credit sequence that has this really cool comic book look. Yes. And in the cold opening, a female thief is trying to steal a horse so that her neighbor can plow his fields and his family won't starve. Right. So the young man who's tending the horses is kind of charmed mm-hmm. by the young lady and she's like, ah, the young lord who lives here isn't going to care. He's not going to miss a horse, whatever. And he was like, well, I am the young lord. I'll give you the horse if you tell me your name. And I was like, gee, bet it's Marion. And it was Marion. I hoped against hope that she was going to pull down her little mask and say, my name is Robin Hood. And then I'd be like, oh my God, this movie's going to be original. You know what I wanted her to say? Jean. Jean would have been real good too. Which is like the French like derivative of John. Because mm-hmm. that would have been really cool. Yeah. To make little John female. Now, that being said, this movie does try really hard to be original. It just fails. Yes. So I know we're throwing out all these ideas like, oh man, wouldn't it have been cool and original if they did this? This movie is original, just bad. These are just better ideas. Yeah, and like, Marion looks a little bit like Princess Jasmine. Like, she's dressed in like a darker blue Princess Jasmine cosplay at this point. Yeah. And then there's, like, a montage where they're making out in Robin's house. Yes, and this is where, like, 
but the narrator is talking and says something along the lines of, this isn't a bedtime story, or this isn't the bedtime story you know. Which is strange, because we also don't get a Robin, Marion sex scene like you think we would here. Yeah. It's just a montage of them, like, kissing in a nice house. But what I don't understand about this is he says... It became a bedtime story. But listen, forget history. Forget what you've seen before. Forget what you think you know. This is no bedtime story. And then doesn't tell us anything about Robin Hood. Yeah. Like, I feel like we're still starting in the middle of the story. Yeah, the narrator more or less disappears at this point, too. Like, he comes in and out. It's, yeah. uh, it's similar to Gotti in that it drops major ideas mm-hmm. partway through. Yeah, that conceit is just gone. So, a messenger arrives at the door and Robin is drafted into the Crusades. He's wearing a shirt from, like, H&M. The costuming. Yeah. Now, I read that the costuming and set people were told Mm -hmm. to make it one-third period appropriate, one-third futuristic, and one-third contemporary, which means a mess. Yeah, because instead of... The fact that it's split up like that, one-third, 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 instead of saying a mix... Just makes stuff look out of place. And it wasn't consistent. It's not like the peasants are contemporary, the lords are uh, futuristic. What a great idea that is. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't consistent in any way. Mm-hmm. Like, half the extras look like they kind of stole costumes off the Hunger Games lot. And so do half of the... Uh, like, it's not like the Hunger Games where every district had a distinct look. Yeah. Because you could kind of say that that's partially, you know, period appropriate, Mm. contemporary, futuristic. Yeah. But the costumes are supposed to tell a story. And this fails utterly. And we'll get a little more into that in a little bit of time. Yeah. Instead of it meaning anything, it's just, it constantly takes you out of the film. Yeah. And then we have a scene in the Crusades. Yes. And it's shot like it's the friggin' Hurt Locker. Yes. I sickly love this and like it's robin and his friend clayton Mm -hmm. and uh i have a soliloquy in my notes about how clayton is clearly shark chum is it called chum because it's always the protagonist's friend that's an interesting thought it's just chum it's your old chum who's gonna get killed in 10 minutes i i feel like it comes more from feeding sharks but and... I like my theory a lot. I know there's no way it's accurate, but I really like it. <laughs> so here's another thing where we have the weird, the prop design is strange. Because yes. the bow and arrows are, uh, some of them are just bow and arrows. The ones that the uh, English have. Yes, are standard bows. And arrows, like yeah. you would expect, like, like Merida, Katniss. Yeah. No, no, no. More like Merida and Katniss. Yeah, yeah, excuse me. You're right. The, uh... Opposite side in the Crusades uh, have semi-automatic crossbows and, like, Gatling gun. Yes. Crossbows. Yeah, because the the first, like, weird one we see is the guy up in the tower. Yes. And he's shooting down at this uh, platoon of soldiers. Yeah. 
Who are wearing, like, ye old flak jackets. Yeah, and it's, like, semi-automatic and fighting down. They're pinned down. This scene reminded me a lot of Full Metal Jacket. Okay. Where they are pinned down and the sniper has them in their sights. Yeah. And it's a very tough situation because any movement gets shot. Because there's one uh, moment... Where someone grabs like a plate mm-hmm. and uses a reflection to look around a corner and it immediately gets shot out of his hands. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm into this. Yeah. This is this is kind of cool. The combat is interesting. Yes. Uh, what happens next completely takes me out of the film. Okay. Because Robin and Clayton. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Robin looks at Clayton and says, do you want to go for a run? And they they run away from the platoon. Now, if you if you know anything about war strategy, what's happening here is they're drawing fire mm-hmm. from the sniper in the tower. Now, the person drawing fire doesn't then shoot the sniper. The whole point is the sniper's attention is elsewhere, and a member of the platoon would then kill this person. So, fun fact, Robin's dumb. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time we see Robin be dumb, and we're going to see Robin be dumb a few more times. Yes. Um, so they run, like, away, and they're trying to, like, get closer to the tower, and they run with their bows drawn, mm-hmm. like their guns. Yep. <laughs> Which made me laugh, because I immediately thought, wouldn't, wouldn't you use a sword at this point? Yeah. <laughs> if you're, like, going, you're in a hallway. Uh... They forgot swords exist in this movie. They forget swords exist. I just realized how little we see swords. <laughs> like we see for axes. A Robin Hood film. Like we see tons and tons of bows and arrows. We see a few axes. We see one bow staff. And we, we see a bunch of ye old Molotov cocktails. Yes, but we never see swords. Huh. But what cracks me up is there's a moment where he's hiding against the wall and he's counting the shots from the arrows. So he knows when the the sniper reloads. One plus two plus two plus one. Yes, he's doing that. And there's a shot of the leader of the platoon who is 50 yards away at this point going, come on, Loxley, you can do it. What are you doing? He has drawn all the fire. You have six guys. Yeah. Like, it makes no sense from, like, a war movie uh, no. point of view. So at this point, I come up with the theory that, oh my God, this is just going to be shoot 'em up. Okay. It's going to be Robin Hood with the, through the lens of shoot 'em up, where he's just going to be, it's going to be ridiculous violence. Plot's not going to matter. It's just all cool explosions, but it's Robin Hood. At this point, I'm 100% on board with this film. Okay. We're about to take a turn. Yeah, I, like, Clayton gets captured and he's hanging upside down with an arrow in his leg, and he's mm-hmm. suffering a great deal. And Robin refuses to leave him. Right. Because Robin, honor before, you know, honor before reason. Right, exactly. He's a good guy. The character establishing moment. Right. And then, uh, the a more mm-hmm. uh, capitalizes and nearly chokes out Robin. Yes. Who hallucinates with his last dying moments, Marion. Yes. And this is where the movie should have ended. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great if he just died there? Yeah, and then, like, Clayton turned out to be Robin Hood. (laughs) Or Marion. 
No, like, or if Clayton, you know, usurped Robin's titles and stuff, came back <laughs> and started saving, like, started paying off his life debt by saving poor people. And Marion has to keep a secret because she knows he's not really Robin of Luxley. Such a better movie. Oh my god. This is going to be 57 Robin Hood movies better than the one we watched with Laura and Noah. This this explains why there are so many. Because it is so easy to write a Robin Hood movie. Yeah, so someone... Uh, and we don't really see it, but someone rescues Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Well, it's... It's the commander. Yes. But, like, Robin doesn't know that. Okay. N- initially. Because Robin is, like... Mm-hmm. choked out and uh, this is where uh the moor yes uh, loses his hand yes which is important so they've taken the english win yes. at this point Yay. and they've taken all the moors prisoner they're now like the moors are all taken prisoner and they're just ritualistically executing them and robin doesn't feel good about that no so they go bring out a very young black man. Yes. And the man who tried to kill Robin begins to scream and freak out. And that's when I realized he's Jamie Foxx and is therefore going to be in the rest of this movie. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, he's Jamie Foxx. Oh, he's clearly important. And he begs that the young man is his son. He's my son. He's just a boy. He's my son. Let him in. I'll tell you what I know. Everything. He knows nothing. See for him. I've been killing crusaders all my life. My every breath is an insult to your God. Please. Hey, you're right, Ma. So if you want to save your son, give me something. Give me something. A thousand soldiers to the east. Our forces routed them the day before last. Something else. I don't have anything else. He's my son. I'm just trying to save my son. Well, if it's any consolation, you can't. They go to swing the axe down on the young man. Robin interferes and Robin is shot. Yes. And then everything just goes to crap. Is it Robin that also cuts the chain and frees everybody? Yes. Okay. Because the general then says, I would have you tried for treason if it wasn't for your station. If you weren't a lord. If you weren't a lord. And I would understand that if it was just he tried to stop an execution. Freeing a bunch of prisoners? And getting a bunch of people killed? That's super treason. Yeah, it is super treason. (laughs) That is super mega treason. So... Uh, Then Robin is sent back to England in disgrace. Yes. Uh, He's on a boat, and we see that the Moor, whose name we do not know, is also on the boat. Yes, he's in, like, the hull of the ship. Yeah, he is stowed away into the ship. Um, And he sees Marion. Like, every time we see any image of Marion, they're always wearing... She's always wearing something from, like, the mall. Yes, and because I make the comment that it's always very colorful. Yes, this is where another place where the costume storytelling utterly fails. Marion is supposed to be poor. She is? Marion is supposed to be poor. She lives in the mine area. Like, unless all of these things were gifts from Robin, 
which they could have been. But even the blue outfit we see her in in the beginning would have been expensive. Yes, because in that time, dyes were very expensive. So, And she's always in rich reds, rich purples, rich blues. Yes, even like a rich yellow at one point. And at one point we see her in pure white. Yeah. Which is not something you would be wearing in 12th century England. It would already be covered in poop. It's very true. And I understand that, you know, this isn't a consistent timeline and were, you know, part futuristic, stuff like that. But it doesn't mean anything. You know, just saying, like, oh, we're doing a mix of stuff. Go, you know, go to Ross and buy some clothes. Yeah. It utterly fails in telling her story. Yes. And, like, the colors aren't even consistent because, uh, you know, she's wearing blue with Robin at that point. But she wears all sorts of colors during the movie, so it's not like her coloring tells a story. Let me ask you this. Actually, wait. Sure. I just had a thought. Okay. I'm going to come back to this in a couple seconds. I just need to get through a little bit of plot, and then I'm going to come back to this idea of Marion and color theory, because I just had a thought. Okay, we're going to get all Breaking Bad. Get okay. In. So, Robin comes home. Castle's wrecked. Marion's gone. He goes to hear, He goes to confession. It's yes. Tuck. Tuck's like, yo, you've been dead for two years. And Robin's like, oh, well, poopy, I'm not. Um, And then Tuck's like, everyone's working in the mines now, including Marion. And he goes into the mine, and some of the people we see are emaciated and starving. Right. Marion is there distributing soup. She's wearing red. And she's with another man. Right. Will Scarlet. Oh. I'm wondering... Boo. <laughs> I'm wondering if, like, that's... She's also wearing obvious tons of eyeliner. This is the question I was actually about to ask, is what did you think of her makeup? I... If they tried to sell it as Marion was from, perhaps, another culture... Okay. And... Because, like, that kind of eyeliner, I don't believe, was prevalent in makeup at that time. Like... Coal rimmed eye, like coal rimmed eyes, were more prevalent in like Middle Eastern and Northern African countries. I, I thought she looked like Cleopatra. Yeah, she looks, she looks more like there was something that happened in the Crusades that would have involved her. Yeah, it's very confusing, and you know, especially that you're saying like you know she's supposed to be poor. It's like well, she's always done up, and I always feel like Maid Marian is also always portrayed as very pure. Mm-hmm. So to have her have this unnatural beauty that's right. done through makeup, I think is a very weird choice. They make a lot of weird choices with Marion yeah. in this book, in this uh, movie. Uh, because usually you see Marion in the very like Disney-esque, she's a made Marion. She's, mm-hmm. you know, a pure princess-esque. Yes. Um, Robin Hood Men in Tights is kind of like the best example I can think of with what she's parodying. Yes. That's kind of what she's usually portrayed as. Mm-hmm. Like, usually wealthy, usually highborn. Yes. Uh, so this Marion's a thief because this movie's different. But they also, I, they don't tell you enough about her to make her work. Correct, yeah. that That's a very good description of this character. It's just, she's... You know, we're th- it's, it goes back to that beginning uh, part of 
throw away everything that you think you know about Robin Hood, but don't expect us to explain it either. No, like, Marion's backstory could have made significantly more sense. Like, a throwaway line from Will Scarlet about her clothing. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't look like she belongs. Her clothing is always too nice. A throwaway line of, like, you're still wearing the things he gave you. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, Robin is rich, and it stands to reason that, like, he would have bought her clothes. Yeah. And, like, if they had explained it in that fashion, I think that might have worked. Fashion. Get it? Am I right? Bidding. Jokes. So, Robin is super upset that Marion is with another guy. Yes. She's, like, distributing soup, and then a guy walks up to her. Kisses her on the cheek and they laugh. And then, like, they super make out. Yeah. And then she never sees him. She, like, senses something's up and kind of, like, looks into the distance, but she doesn't see him. Yeah, there's a disturbance in the force. So he's upset, and then the Moor shows up. Yes. And is like, so, uh, I could have killed you when I stowed away on the ship. I don't want to kill you. And Robin's like, my life is hard. And the Moor goes, (laughs) and the Moor pretty much goes, Quiet white person problems. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a hand. He's like, I lost my hand. I lost my son. I lost my country. Shut up with your white. Your house problems. is dirty. <laughs> yeah, like your girlfriend broke up with you, and your house doesn't look that great right now. Go away. Um, and then Robin is kind of thrown by this, as anyone confronted with their privilege might be. And he's like, I'm really sorry, I couldn't save your son. And the Moore's like, But you tried. Yes. And like has kind of forgiven Robin because Robin did try to save his son. Right. And therefore, he sees an ally in Robin. Um, then we see this very thin, very lazy attempt at political uh, commentary. Okay. Because this is where we meet the Sheriff of Nottingham. Do, do, do we learn the Moor's name? Not yet. Okay. Um, so, it's these melodramatic shots, and he looks like friggin' Emperor Palpatine. He... Really, really does. Like, it's not the same actor. I looked. Um, but it is the same costume. It really is. And then he kind of is spouting, like, two, mid-2000s American nonsense about, like, they hate us for our freedom. Mm-hmm. 9-11, am I right? Yeah, this is why we need to tax you more. Yeah. Like, it's very uh, 10 years too late political commentary. Right. <laughs> It really just, it's very ham-handed and... Very outdated. Outdated. It's like, yeah, we got other problems now. And then, like, the priests are in absolute piss yellow. Like, it's a weird (laughs) color choice. The priests are, like, they're not in gold. They're in piss yellow. Yeah, they're in urine yellow. They're in Pikachu yellow. (laughs) Um... Except for Friar Tuck, who is in, like, a dark green. Yes. Because he's different, because he's, like, actually a man of God instead of a man of, like, corruption. Right. So, the sheriff is giving this speech, and uh, Marion cries out that the people of Nottingham are dying and they can't afford to give anymore. And the man she was with kind of calls out uh, Nottingham for never having been in combat. Yes. It's a good zinger. And, uh, that's when I realized that other dude's Christian Grey. Yes, we thought he escaped the Razzies, but no. no. Here comes this Will Scarlet. He is, he loves just being colors. 
Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Dornan, this is Laura from Stay Doomed. Fire your agent. Just fire him. Get a new one. Just get a new agent. He's going to be the Green Lantern next. Uh, uh, and then he's going to be Colonel Mustard. <laughs> I just realized what you were doing. <laughs> and I kind of hate you. Um, now I am looking up the next thing Jamie Dornan did and so help me God if it's a color. Um... Francis Indigo is a hardened detective. Uh, no, okay. Tro- oh, God, he's in Trolls World Tour. <laughs> See you next year, Jamie Dornan. <laughs> um, so they talk about, uh, they put it to a vote, and Luxley, or and Friar Tuck goes, there's been no vote for Luxley yet. And they're like, so Luxley's dead, yeah. Tuck. It's and been he, two years. And Tuck was like, no, he was seen alive today. And they all look at him like, what? And they're like, well, did you see it? How do you know? And he's like, someone told me at confession. Oops. <laughs> yeah. I can't say who, though. And this is when I realized Tuck is Tim Minchin. Yeah, which is super exciting. Uh, this is a great cast, really. Like, Robin is uh, Eggsy from Kingsman. Yes, which, like, the whole time I was just like, what a familiar dude. But that's all I got. So, like, I will say this is a really good cast in a really terrible yeah. movie. Tim Minchin is uh, a British songwriter. You might remember him from uh, Take Your Canvas Bags to the Supermarket. Or if you're a dweeb like me, he composed Matilda. He's also on uh, the big fat quiz of everything a lot. Yeah, he's he's great. And, like, he's very good in this film. Yeah, he's easily my favorite part of this movie. Yeah, he is fantastic, and he's very funny in it. And I I really, like, want him to do well. He also composed Groundhog Day, the oh. musical. Oh, he is Sonny and Cher. Yeah, he is, uh, he's great. <laughs> I love him. Then, uh, the Moor says, like, we should take the money from the Crusades, because this is blood money, and this is funding a war, and it sucks. And the more gives his name. And Robin can't pronounce it because white people. Yeah, he's, he's far too like, white. Like, Robin is white. And there he was like, well, here's the English translation. John. And I was like, oh, you're Little John. Yes. But I don't think he's ever called Little John the no, entire time. He's, he's just never. John. <laughs> and, like, this is a really interesting thing because this started in, like, a BBC production in the 1980s. Having one of the Merry Men be black. Yeah. And uh, nobody reads. So everyone just assumes they've seen a bunch of adaptations where one of the Merry Men was black. And therefore, one of the Merry Men is clearly black. Okay. (laughs) But this is like a fairly recent development. And I just think it's really interesting that most of the uh, contemporary versions are like, oh yeah. Well, I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, I kind of thought that Jamie Foxx was going to be I Sneeze. Because he had a son who I assumed was a Chew. (laughs) I only know two other versions of Robin Hood. Did you think he was going to be a giant bear? I thought he was going to either be a bear (laughs) or a, a large bearded man. I got the sense he was going to be Little John, but I thought there was going to be, like, more of an interesting story behind his name. (laughs) Yeah, they really could have tried. Because we'd already met Will Scarlet and Friar Tuck, so, like, they're taken. 
Yeah, it's again. They they did a bunch of stuff, but none of it is cool. <laughs> yeah, it you tried. The next thing is that uh, they have a mon. They start to have a montage. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> Marion comes to Robin's house, and Robin is forced to turn her away. He gets down to a stoop just in time to see her horse gallop off. Uh, and then he grabs a bottle of liquor and just starts chugging. Why? Why can't Robin see Marion? Because the Moor has plans for Robin. Or John, we can now call him by a name. John has plans for Robin. And doesn't want a woman getting in the way. He doesn't know Marion. He doesn't trust Marion. He needs to use Robin to get his revenge on the war. Okay. And everything we, every time we see Robin and Marion together after this, proves John writer and writer and writer. Well, I, it just, it confuses me from Robin's character in that we had a scene where John was strangling Robin to death. Mm-hmm. And his last thought was of Marion. And then he gets saved. Now we're in a situation where the same guy's like, yo, go, don't go, don't talk to her. He's like, well, that, that was the last thing I was going to think about before I died, but you're right. I'll hang out with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense for Robin's character. It makes sense for John's character. Yeah. So, uh, then they have this idea that Robin has to get in good with the Sheriff of Nottingham. Yes. Uh, and in this version, Rob, currently Robin is still very wealthy. Yes. His house is dirty, had been destroyed a little, but he's still rich. So Robin and Marion now have a confrontation outside the palace, where, in essence, Robin is mad at Marion for not dying alone. Yeah, he says something like, you said you'd wait for me, but you're dead. (laughs) Yeah, he had been, at this point, dead for two years. Two years! Which means he'd, like... Theoretically, could have been gone for longer. That's a really good point. Like, two years. We know it took him three months to get back by boat. Right. So, like, he could have been gone for three or four years. So, at this point, like, she hasn't seen him in minimum two and a half years. Yeah. And, like, they weren't married. So, it's... It's... And he's been dead for two of the years. So he's been gone six months. At then least. She, at least. At least six months. Then she finds out that he's dead. So. Uh, this. Like, you gotta figure. It took him three months to get to the Crusades by boat. Right. And then it would have taken three months for word to get back to Nottingham. That he was dead. So that's six months. So Minimum. Yeah. If he was, quote, killed on the first day, that's still two and a half years. Yeah. Like, they were not together for that long. Mm -hmm. And, like, they weren't married. And in the 12th century, you really couldn't have a woman, like, not attached to a man. Like, that was not, that was not safe. And that was, unless she went into the, like, unless she went into a literal nunnery. That wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should have put a ring on it before you left, Robin. If she had been a nun, if she'd been like a battle nun, again, better sister Marion, 
better movie. Ooh, I, I thought you were just going to pitch Battle Nun to me, and I was going to be super on board. No, no, like, Friar, like, because she's working with Friar Tuck. We established this a little later. If they were both working on the inside of the church. Yeah, yeah. Sister Marion and Friar Tuck, and then this could have been ended the same way that they end up with Friar Tuck. It almost feels like somebody wrote a weird movie. And they're like, yo, I want to make this movie. And the producer said, can you make it Robin Hood? Because instead of it being like, here's some cool things to do with Robin Hood. It's more of like, here's the characters you know from Robin Hood in this situation. Yeah. So then we have the uh, the first heist. And Tuck tells Nottingham that the Hood stole money from the rich. And uh, he's wearing a blue face scarf that we are told... Uh, Belongs to John's son. Oh, okay. But Marion was also introduced wearing that scarf, essentially. Yeah. Confusing. So, like, it, again, the colors don't make a lot of sense because nope. blue was what we were... Like, I thought blue was how we were establishing Marion. No, she's very colorful. Yeah, and then... So Robin's way of giving to the people is like if you hit an enemy in a video game. Yeah. He just drops coins like you like he's a Goomba. Yeah, like like he's from River City Ransom. Robin City Ransom. River City Robin. The, the, was the first heist the one at the toll booth or was that the church that he robbed? Um, it's the toll booth. Cuz I I want to point out the fact that all these guards have like pistols. Yeah. But they're crossbows. Yep. And I want to point out, Robin kills everyone. Yep. He's like Nathan Drake. Yep. Like, these people are in the way of my treasure. I'm going to murder all of them. And they were like literally just doing their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so then Marion, again, is supposedly poor. She gets some of the money from the hood, which is what they're calling him. And she is wearing a pure white lace dress. Which makes no sense. Not a lick. She's not wearing red, which is the color she uses when she's with, like, that's the color that storytelling would say when she's with Scarlet. She's not wearing blue, which is her establishing color. She's wearing white for literally no reason. It looks cool in that scene, I guess. Yeah, I can't find a good reason for that. So... And that's why I realized these people don't realize that the costume doesn't just look cool, it has to tell a story. Um, I, I believe this is the point in the movie where I really start to miss the Crusades. Right. And I miss the movie that it was. Because now it's like half heist movie, half political thriller. Yeah, it's, and all dumb. And all dumb. And I was like, I just, man, where, where's all the cool stuff? Like, the, the guys show up with those, like, pistol crossbows. It's like, oh, that's cool. But then they all die before they get to use them. So then, like, Robin breaks into the treasury, but he doesn't really do a good job. Yes. He doesn't get any money, but the archdeacon is furious. And he says, like, we need to restore order. And then they literally crib the scene from The Hunger Games where President Snow talks about hope being dangerous. Yeah. It's that scene. Just watch that again. Yeah, and go watch The Hunger Games. It's a better film. Yeah, Katniss is a better Robin Hood than this Robin Hood. Yes. Now, 
that is the heist where John rescues him, right? Yes. And I want to point this out. Robin Hood, or he's just called The Hood, because they don't know it's Robin. Mm-hmm. Uh, his costume is, is a, a scarf that covers his nose. Little John, or just John, has no disguise. And he is a large black man with obvious facial scarring and one hand. Yes, and on, on top of that, he's the only black man, because they're at war with the Moors still. So We like, do actually see other people of color. Oh, do we? We do. Okay. But, like, if He's you're... the only one who does anything in the plot. But there's, like, a prominent woman. Oh, yeah. Well, still, he's not wearing a disguise. He is, you know, the black, bald, one-handed friend of Robin who's suddenly helping the hood. Who could Robin Hood be, then? It's dumb. It's dumb. So then, um, Tuck and the Ar- Tuck's there, while the Archdeacon and Nottingham are there, talking about the need to restore rebellion, and they kind of just bully Friar Tuck. Yes. And then the general from the Crusades is Guy of Grisborne, mm-hmm. uh, and he just showed up to England to hunt down the Hood because they're real right. mad at the Hood at this point. They they spent way too much time trying to make this a good movie. If they'd cut all this crap and made it just like shooty shooty bang bang or shooty shooty, I guess, <laughs> I would have been all about it. It was so good at the beginning. There was a crossbow shotgun. Yeah. And then like, so now we have, there's going to be this fancy party because these movies always have a fancy party. Yes. And Marion was invited with Will. And she's in red again, which doesn't make any damn sense. No. Because she's currently saying, like, Will can't know. And she's conspiring with Tuck. Wouldn't it have made sense to put her in green in this scene? Oh, totally. And, like, have Marion's, like, the color she's wearing betray her loyalties at a given moment? Yeah. That would have told a story with her costumes that look like they were from H&M. Now, the, the the gimmick here is you see Tuck and Marion discussing their plan. Yes. But they can't tell Robin because they think Robin is in the is in the pocket of the Sheriff of Nottingham. And they know that Will Scarlet won't approve, so it's right. just them. Uh, and Robin and Will have a plan as well, but they can't tell Marion because they don't know that she is uh, a good person. Wait. Robin has a plan with Will. Robin and John, you mean? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Little, little John and Robin have a plan, but they don't want to tell Marion because they don't know if they can trust Marion. So it's like this weird comedy of errors where everyone is like plotting for the same thing in the same place, but they're all miscommunicated. It's it's kind of like the Fifth Element. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's the capital from the Hunger Games. The costuming here is just a hot disaster. Like, it looks like... Did you ever, in college theater, have a scene where you just went into the costume room and you're like, whatever works. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Of course. Like, just fine. Just grab something. It'll be fine. It reminded me of the Rosebuds um, from WWE's Adam Rose, Mm -hmm. where, like, they just clearly grabbed whatever yeah, and went to, with it. Go to Party City and grab whatever in the back that fits you. Essentially. 
It's, it reminds me of the capital from the Hunger Games, but, like, again, derivative and bad. And there's a Moulin Rouge-esque montage of drinking and gambling. Yeah. Because they're rich. They establish that Sheriff knows Marion. And they talk about who the thief is. And Marion's like, I admire the thief. And Will Scarlet essentially just, like, licks her face. Like, mine, 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 mine. This girl is mine, mine. <laughs> I believe Robin also at this point says... And sounds incredibly bored. Marion, your beauty leaves me speechless. Yeah. I was like, I don't buy that. He was more believable when he was joking that the hood is ugly because he wears a mask. Yeah. Like, he's more believable at that point. At this point, I make the, the comment that this feels like a Batman movie. Yes. Where we spend way too much time with Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and, like, Batman's annoying. Yeah, it's just like, go be Robin Hood. So then, like... Marion's like, it takes a thief to catch a thief. Marion is essentially like, hey, I'm gonna start a problem soon. <laughs> yeah. She telegraphs it so hard in this scene of like, man, I like the hood. Man, I'm a thief. Man, sure am poor at your rich people party. <laughs> I'm gonna slink away now. And in this time, Tuck uh, pro- pro- uh, processes in with the other clergyman and he runs right into a lord. Yes. And Five Finger discounts his keys. Yes. And, like, Tuck secretly passes Marion the pilfered keys. And then the cardinal enters. This is the... The party's in honor of this cardinal. Yes. He's a big deal. Because he's a cardinal. And, uh, he's a big deal. Something something church. Um, (laughs) He's one of the more powerful men in... England? Are we even in England? Yes, Nottingham is in England. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, does this exist in the country of England, or are we in some other magical place? So, the whole thing is John wants Robin to be able to have an audience with the Cardinal. Right. So, Nottingham and Cardinal are having their little talk, and Robin gets in by accusing Friar Tuck of stealing that guy's keys. Yes, he he does before that ask him, like, do you trust me with your life? And Tuck's like, yeah. And he slaps him in the face and throws him on the floor. Yeah, which is like a trope of those kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Nottingham tries to stab Tuck and have him killed. And Robin, uh, this is like a thing out of Game of Thrones. Right. Because uh, Sansa Stark does this in the same, in a similar fashion. Ser Dantos is a drunk, dumb knight. And he embarrasses himself and everyone around him at Joffrey's birthday party. And Joffrey's going to have him killed. And Sansa's like, no, 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 babe. It's bad luck to kill someone on your birthday. Just make him a jester. And then he's like embarrassed for the rest of his life. This is the drunk history version of Game of Thrones. Okay. And it's very similar to this where Robin goes like, oh, no, no, no. If you kill him, he'll be a martyr. Do you want him to be a martyr? No, defrock him and just make him a commoner. Whatever. So then he cuts off, he takes the knife from Nottingham, cuts off uh, his rosary, and Tuck, like, tries to collect up the beads, and they just throw him out. And he smiles on the way out, like, we got away with it. So then this earns Nottingham's trust, and Nottingham says, welcome to the big table. Yes. Because the theme of this movie is Thanksgiving, when you don't want to be at the kids' table anymore. Yeah. (laughs) 
So Nottingham and the Cardinal are going to overthrow the king. Yes. And Robin gops. Like, does not hide his facial reactions. <laughs> okay. His, like, jaw drops. He's just like, what? And they're also going to burn down the mines to crush the rebellion. So now we cut away. Oh, Robin's like, we have to get to the mines. Oh my gosh. And he grabs John and says it in earshot of like 50 soldiers. Yo, we got to get to the mines, John. Yes. Something bad's going to happen. Yes. Make sure you have my Robin Hood costume. (laughs) And at this point, I look at you and I say, I'm starting to think there's not going to be an archery contest. Nope. So then we go back to Marion and Will Scarlet's loft apartment in the mines, and they're having a fight because Will wants to be a politician and talks about the life he deserves. I, I kind of found this interesting because I kind of feel like he makes a lot of sense here. Well, he never talks about anyone else in this. It's the life he deserves, his due. He doesn't even do the, like, kind of disposable fiancé thing of, like, think about the life I can build for us. He literally says, me. Me, 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 me. Doesn't talk about helping the other people in the mines. Yeah, you're right, you're right. And Marion accuses him of being afraid the commoners will follow the hood. And then she grabs the Death Star plans or whatever MacGuffin bullshit she stole from the palace. Yeah, that really was never explained. In this underdeveloped plot. It's the proof... That the Cardinal and the Nottingham are going to do something. But, like, it's literally just a MacGuffin. Yeah. It's never... Her plan is not elaborated well. And then... Uh, Guy of Grisborne is verbally emasculated by Marion. And then his immediate response is to throw her on the ground and tell her he's going to rape her later. Yeah. Because that's... always great. Because it's not an adaptation of Robin Hood if Maid Marion doesn't almost get raped. Yeah. Um... So then John and Robin hijack a cart and drive it through the mines and Marion's in the cart. Yes. And Marion screams when she realizes that the hood has taken the cart and like is killing people right and left. Mm-hmm. And then Marion unmasks Rob because she keeps calling him Rob. Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. How terrible is it that they're calling Robin Hood or Robin of Loxley Rob? Yo, Rob. Yeah, Rob. No! No, no, no! A thousand times no! Like, I don't even think they did that in Men in Tights, when it would have been funny to have Marion go, Robbie! Yeah. Like, where it would have worked and been funny. It's it's a beloved character that you're kind of, like, belittling. Like, that would be like if you called Dr. Frankenstein Frankie. I mean, to be fair, you would call him, like, Vicky. Because his name is Victor. This yeah, is still dumb. But I I say that calling someone named Robin 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 Hood is just as stupid and nonsensical. I mean, they're both real dumb. Yeah. So then... Yo, R-H. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, Marion wants to kind of, like, hash out their relationship, cementing that Robin and Marion are terrible together. Like, yeah. anytime they're together, just, it's awful. Well, there's this line in this chase scene where she realizes, she goes... Rob? This, you call this a disguise? And he goes, it worked on everyone else. She says, I'm not everyone else. And I was like, this is not the time for this stupid ass fight. Also, like, you are. 
you didn't know until this moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, if they'd had, a, during one of the other scenes, with like the prior scenes with the hood, Marion being like, oh. Like, if you'd, there'd been a cutaway to Marion and have, like, her eyes go wide and her be like, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Like, one shot would have sold that idea. Yeah, and they just don't do it right. Um, because, of course, they don't do anything in this movie, right? Uh, and then there's this dumb thing where they throw a pot of boiling oil behind the cart with Rob and Little John, and they do the cool guys walk away from explosions. explosions. Uh, <laughs> I just remember watching this and watching it. It's like molten lead yeah. as it comes down and chases this cart. And I just went, no way. Because the movie I wanted had returned. Yeah, if they had leaned into this movie as a high-budget action comedy, this would have been a fantastic film. Because, like, the cart flips over, and I turned and looked at you and I said, if this horse explodes, this is the greatest film I've ever seen. Yeah, like, it would have been kind of funny. So then, like, John goes kamikaze and starts fighting the soldiers from the crusade again. The same people he's already fought, because they're Robin's old platoon. And he is taken prisoner and tells Robin and Marion to go on and finish the job. This is, and then, so you know how we already had a scene that just verbatim ripped off the Hunger Games? Yes. This verbatim rips off Batman Begins. Like, Marion and Robin have a conversation that, like, Robin Hood is Robin's real identity. And Luxley was his mask, essentially. The hood's just a disguise. I know you. Loxley is a disguise. Yes. It's almost exactly a copy pasta from, from Batman. Batman Begins. It's dumb. Um, and then we cut away to John's in jail. And Nottingham... He and Nottingham have, like, a confrontation about how, like, John's people don't fear death. And he gives this super, super racist threat of, like, gorging him in pig's blood because John is Muslim. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, pretty terrible. And, I mean, we need to establish that Nottingham's the worst. Yeah, that's true. And usually Nottingham is trying to marry or rape Marion. And he skipped that, so he decided to go past sexist and just into racist this time yes, around. Yeah. And... Uh, Will Scarlet is leading people out of the mines, and the hood unmasks in front of the mine community. Yeah, and he, in front of District thir- or District Twelve from the Hunger Games, essentially. And his speech is something like, "I was Robin of Loxley, a crusader under the flag of the King of England. Then I was the Hood. Now I really don't care what you call me, thief or lord." Yeah, it's a bad speech. Like, this is your revving up the people. Maybe avoid the phrase, I don't care. (laughs) And then, like, Robin does offer Will his hand and say, like, we should do this together. And they shake hands. And Marion is in bright freaking yellow for no reason. Like, this would be a time to have her in blue or in purple or whatever. Like, purple because she's, like, torn between Robin and... Uh, Will... No, she's in yellow. Why? Uh No. And then Robin apologizes to Tuck for getting him defrocked. And he's like, nah, you set me free. Everything's great. Yeah, everyone's happy. 
And now it's a crappy heist movie. Yeah. Because they literally do like a Home Alone laying out a map with like crayon drawings on it. And they come up with this weird plan where there's... I don't know what's happening at this point. Yeah, it it gets late stage action movie muddled right around here. But there's a lot of like... it's, It's another cool battle sequence. They didn't. They needed to bring out some other new type of yeah. I mean crossbow. And then John flips the script, and uh, somebody comes in to torture John, and John chokes him out. Mm-hmm. The first thing we establish he can do. Yeah, he's good at it. He does it again, and then we go and like Nottingham is taking all of this money to the church to be blessed by the cardinal. Right. And this is the money they're going to use to overthrow the king. I guess. Yes. At this point, I remember thinking, how long is this movie? So then a cross falls into the road to block Nottingham's way because symbolism or whatever, and a street riot breaks out. And like the common folks have ye old Molotovs and like torches and crap. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Robin goes for Marion's hand and they smile at each other. And we cut away to little John finding the armory. Right. So, during the riot, the money falls into a sinkhole that they bomb out. Right. And Robin sets the money on fire, and they start to, like, take the money out before it all burns up, but, like, makes a good visual. And then there's a minecart ride through the fire that looks like they filmed it on, like, Seven Dwarves Mine Train at Disney. Yes. Like, not even, like, Big Thunder Mountain. Like, it looks really cheap and really crappy. Did we skip over the kiss? Nope. We're not there yet. Okay. I got excited. Uh, Grisborne shoots at Marion, and Robin throws her out of the way and gets hit. Right. And uh, Marion kisses Robin and to uh, distract him and pull the arrow out of his chest. Yes. It's it's a medicine kiss. It's It's like a distraction kiss. But Will Scarlet sees it. And is distracted as well, and he gets hit from behind, and he falls into his own Molotov cocktail. Yes. I took this to mean that he was going to be dead. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's heartbroken, but he's out of the way. I guess this is a happy ending. And then Grisborne, like, sticks his finger in the chest wound and uh, headbutts Robin, and then Robin's like, I don't want to kill you. You saved my life that one time. And then Marion... Hits him with a rock. Yeah, he had it coming. Which, to be fair, he did threaten to rape Marion the night before, so, like, you're not really sorry that she hits him with a rock. Uh, so they take a rowboat with the money, and, like, Robin tries to go back for Will. Wait, we, we also need to talk about this. They load, like, a lot of treasure into a rickety rowboat with three people and no weapons onto really choppy water. Yep. I'm like, what is your plan? <laughs> like, there's a lot of hope in this plan. Like, I hope this boat gets where it needs to go. So, like, Robin and Marion try to go back to save Will Scarlet because either no, if they don't all get out, none of them get out. Now, mind you, I'm sure other people died in this street riot. Yeah, but not people he cares about. So then, like, Will Scarlet's upset and tells Marion Robin can have her and tells her to get out of his sight. He's also got, like, half a burned face. Uh, Tuck's still there with them. And then Robin has a panic attack. 
he starts to flash back to the Crusades, surrounded by all the violence, and has a panic attack. Yeah. And then uh, Marion yells at him, but her voice doesn't break through, and he jumps up and unmasks, and then gets arrested, and then is stunned Pikachu. Then he gets arrested. I just want to stop this madness. Hey, what? where am I going? It's... Why? So, Robin is thrown before the sheriff, who instead of threatening to kill Robin, announces he's going to send Marion to the Crusades to be repeatedly raped by savages, because it's not a Robin Hood adaptation if Nottingham doesn't, like, either obliquely or directly threaten to rape Marion. Yeah. Um, John interrupts and... Uh, starts to choke out Nottingham. Oh, he does punch somebody with his... Yeah, finally, because uh, Little John is disguised as a as a guard, and Robin notices that one of the guards doesn't have a hand. And finally, the moment I had been waiting for, he punches someone with his nub. Yep. And he strangles Nottingham, and then uh, Robin shoots an arrow, and Nottingham is pulled up into the air... And hanged. And they hang him. For treason, I guess. Yeah. He was hanged for treason. You know. Like Robin should have been. And then, like, we don't see them leave. I imagine there were other guards. But the next shot is John and Robin just, like, back with everybody like it's cool. A bunch of, well, a bunch of guards came in and saw the sheriff hanging and was like, I don't need this job. <laughs> and, like, Tuck's happy and everybody's happy. And then Robin tells Marion, like, I didn't see us being revolutionaries coming. And she was like, I did. And then uh, Will Scarlet is in, I think he's in Loxley's house. Probably. He's in what looks like an abandoned warehouse because this movie was dumb. And then the Cardinal shows up. And uh, Will is offered the job of being the new Sheriff of Nottingham. Yes. And then he gives a whole speech about how they need to get rid of Robin Hood of and holds hood. up a uh, yeah, wanted uh, sign. Of it's, it's a picture of the hood. Yep. And it gets shot with an arrow. And then Robin Hood's like, hee hee hee. Yeah. And then we get a sequel hook and a totally, a tonally inappropriate end theme mm-hmm. over cool comic book credits. And this movie is a mess. Yeah. Let me just say real quick, uh, if you're Will Scarlet and you're the sheriff of Nottingham, would you have a wanted poster that says the hood with a guy whose face is obscured? Or would you say, it's Robin of Loxley. We learned this information. Find Robin of Loxley. He looks like this. I just realized this whole <laughs> thing. Well, I just realized Will Scarlet's two-face. Oh my god, is this supposed to be Batman? Right down to the love triangle. Alright, let's let's dissect this for a moment. Because I just realized, like, he burned half his face away and then becomes, like... And, yeah, and then turns on the, the people Protagonist. Who, yeah. And the woman he loves. He's Two-Face. Yep. Okay, so Robin Hood's Batman. Mm-hmm. Marion would be Catwoman. Marion's Rachel Dawes. Oh, alright, we're gonna say it's directly Nolan Batman? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so... John is Alfred and Lucius. Yeah. And then Tuck would be... I guess maybe Tuck's Alfred. Yeah, Tuck would be Alfred. And, yeah. Oh my, this... (laughs) 
John is Lucius and uh, Rachel Ghoul because he trains him. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Who's the the um, the guy from the Crusades? That might be Rachel Ghoul. No, I think the guy from the Crusades is like. I'm going to say that's Rachel Ghoul because Robin chooses not to kill him. Yeah. But then he dies anyway because of someone else. Yeah, but I don't have happening. to save you. Yeah. Okay, so the douchey soldier, Guy Grisborne, is uh, Rachel Ghoul. Um, what's also complicating about this is I could not help but think the guy who played Robin Hood looks exactly like the guy who plays Jim Gordon in Gotham. Yeah. He's not, but he looks like him. There was also the dude with the mask that was like, you think the darkness is your savior. I was born there. Remember that part? That was real weird. <laughs> yeah, the Heath Ledger hologram cameo yeah, didn't really that's make really, sense, though. That really didn't make sense in the moment. <laughs> but now it makes a lot of sense. Like, this movie steals really heavily from The Hunger Games and really heavily from Nolan's Batman. Oh my god, there was that whole sword fight on the, the ice! No, 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 there was not a there sword There was no fight. swords, it was all arrows! <laughs> so, uh, I did a little research on how Robin Hood movies tend to do on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, not good. <laughs> yeah, how does this rank in, in terms of Robin Hood films? Uh, still the worst, um, if you must know. <laughs> but, uh, the 1973 Robin Hood, or, you know, the Robin Hood that launched A Thousand Furries... Is is only at fifty two percent. The twenty ten Russell Crowe uh, vehicle was at forty three. Uh, also, the nineteen ninety three Carrie Elwes vehicle mm-hmm. was at forty three. Men in tights. Oh, that should be way higher. <laughs> that movie is phenomenal. Uh, that movie's a really good cult movie. I can see why critics didn't love it. Yeah, because parts of it are real weird and real cheap. Uh, and Prince of Thieves is fifty one percent. This one is 15%. (laughs) This movie was hand hard. It's probably because it's not very good. (laughs) Uh, Richard Roper agrees with us. He says, like, it's legitimately funny. Yeah. But not on purpose. And I think that's one of the things... um, Oh, Joshua Rothkopf from Time Out says... uh, Several dueling shades of dull, this umpteenth retooling of the outlaw legend is desperate to convince viewers that Christopher Nolan had something to do with it. He didn't. (laughs) So yeah, like, I hadn't looked at the reviews before now, but two of our biggest criticisms were right there. Yeah, I will say this. uh, The guy who reviews movies in ten words or less, I'm sorry, I forget your name, but he has a great movie scale where uh, a good movie is a ten, like, it's a phenomenal movie. A horrible movie is a one, because it only gave you a little bit of joy. But then there's negative numbers? Yeah. So a negative ten is like The Room, where it's really enjoyable, just not on purpose. Yeah. This movie definitely falls somewhere in that negative scale. Yeah, I would definitely give this like a negative five. Negative five? That's an average movie, but for the wrong reasons. Now, I'd give it like a negative three. Yeah, like, I, I had fun watching this movie. I had fun... Just yelling at the costume designer for not being good at their job. I, I enjoyed parts of this movie. There are long stretches of boredom yes. in this film. Uh, there's too many heists. Yeah, if... if, if the I... whole ball sequence is, overload, is uh, overloaded and not terribly important. Yeah, it's, it's the... Um, if I could take this movie and cut it down to like a tight hour, it would be really good. Yeah. 
but it's just, there's just too much like not happening. Yeah. And, and like it's meant to explain things that I still don't understand. And like they blew through Will Scarlet's character arc, which is actually my I have a big criticism of the Dark Knight for blowing through Two-Face's character arc. Mhm. And obviously this movie's not going to get a sequel. But they kind of blew oh. through Will Scarlet's like that love triangle could have gone for at least into a second movie. I also want to point this out. Has there ever been a Robin Hood 2? Has there ever been a sequel to a Robin Hood? Because like it's a public domain character that tells like a very neat like a very tight story. Like it says everything it needs to say. Like no one's like, you know what they should make a sequel to? Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's like, no, that story's over. No, Robin Hood, they're uh they were talking about doing a Robin Hood 2 if this movie had made money. Um and uh I don't think this movie did well enough. Let's make a sequel to Moby Dick. But they were going to do, like, what happens to Will Scarlet as the sheriff. And, like, watching a good man become corrupt. But, like, he was not a good man by the end of it. No. Like, he was already kind of corrupt. And then, like, he's jealous over the relationship between Robin and Marion. And, like, we don't see enough of Will and Marion's relationship. We see one minute of it being cute. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. We never see... Like, Mary is not even really conflicted about going back with Robin. No. Like, it's bad. There's... It... The main problem with this film is... It could have just been a stupid action movie. But they tried to give it legitimate, like, substance and plot. And that's where it fails. Yes. So all it does is make the movie longer... But it's just as confusing as a stupid, mindless action movie. Yeah, like they wanted to do... They had great ambition for this. Uh, I think in the hands of a Guy Ritchie or an Edgar Wright... uh, I know they're two very different people. Yeah. But you could have taken the movie in either of those directions and really hit it off. Yeah, well, those are two directors that have a very distinct style. They know how to do a style. This movie completely lacks a style. It really does. And it wants to have one so bad. And I, I think I could fix this movie with one word. Hmm. Steampunk. Yeah. If you just made it like this is Robin Hood in a steampunk universe. I understand. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> that com- makes complete sense to me. Let's go. It kind of looked like they were going in that direction with the weird like semi-automatic crossbows. That's a very steampunky uh, yeah, but I feel conceit. Like, I feel like the director had never seen steampunk. Like, I feel like if he had just seen it, we'd be like, oh, this is what we're doing. P- throw some gears on some shit. But, like, it looks like a middle school play whose costume budget ran out part of the way through. Absolutely. And, like, that they start using stuff in people's mom's closets. Yeah. Because, like, I could go to the mall tomorrow and pull together a Marion cosplay. Yeah. In ten minutes with fifty bucks. Yeah, Will is wearing stuff he had at home. Yeah, like Will Scarlet's costumes and a lot of Robin's costumes. A, a lot of Will's looks like collared shirts they cut the collar off of. Robin's too. And like they had no sense of who was supposed to be poor. No. Because like in the Hunger Games, they actually 
discuss that like Katniss only has nice boots because they were her father's. Yeah. Like they actually do discuss why they have nice things. Mm-hmm. And like she has one nice dress that she wears to the reaping. And like so like the Hunger Games does what this movie's trying to do, but good. Yeah. All the poor people in Robin Hood, you could imagine saying something like, Oh, we're so poor, we have to eat leftover steak. Yeah, like, they're very... It's high fashion poor. Yeah. And it it doesn't work. Yes. Marion's costumes don't work. Marion as a character doesn't quite work. (laughs) No, none of this works. They start out with the really interesting idea of her being a thief for altruistic reasons... And, like, they kind of try to have this subplot of her and Tuck conspiring, but her and Tuck's, like, story gets thrown out the window in favor of Robin's plot. Sure she's not Catwoman? Is that eye makeup called, like, a cat's eye? Um, she doesn't have a cat eye. Okay. But she, like, uh, a cat eye is a certain kind of dark eyeliner. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know makeup. (laughs) But I think for the purpose she serves in the story, she's Rachel Dawes. Okay, alright. She's, like, nosy, she gets involved. She's not entirely competent. Because, like, Rachel Dawes tries to get involved in the Narrows and gets involved in Scarecrow's plot. Right, okay. So she's, I find her to be very analogous to Rachel Dawes. That makes sense, that makes sense. Uh, Anything you want to add about uh, Robin Hood before we uh, rebury this? this could have been a good movie. A few stylistic choices. If they'd leaned into the idea that it was kind of a funny action movie, if they'd gone, like, full Michael Bay, like, this is dumb and we don't care. Or if they had really just tried to go with a style. This could have been at least a decent movie, if not a good movie. Yeah. I I, I, I agree. Um, it, it, it tried, but it was... It was definitely a lot of just throwing stuff at the wall with no direction. And I think that's what made it a Razzie film. Yeah. Because we've been talking a lot about what makes a Razzie film. And I think this one, it tried. Like, if it was just a lazy retread of Robin Hood, I don't think it would have been yeah. nominated. But yeah. like, It's not so much that it's bad, it's that it failed. Yes. It is a good way to, to sum that up. It flew too close to the sun. Yes. It wanted to be this cool, stylistic, crazy Robin Hood. Robin Hood meets Dark Knight meets The Hunger Games and just couldn't do it. No. Couldn't do any of it. And I think that's why it ultimately just fails. So uh, we haven't watched all of them and uh, we're going to have to save Holmes and Watson for a very special episode in April. Yeah, April is a five Monday month and we're going to do Holmes and Watson for the fifth Monday. Yeah, so we will get to it. It's just unavailable to us right now. Because I have a lot of feelings on Sherlock Holmes and I would like to share them with the world. So let me ask you this. Uh, rank these movies that we've done this month. Where where would you put everybody? Alright, from best to worst. Best to worst. Alright. The best one we saw was Happy Time Murders. Okay, I agree completely with you. I would put that at like a six or a seven. Yeah, and then Winchester. Uh, yeah, I would say Winchester is next. Because if you took out the jump scares, I would like Winchester a lot as a ghost story. Yeah, I I would put Winchester at, like, a three. Like, it's fine. Then this. Yeah, I I, I would would put this at, like, a negative 
four. And then Gotti. Yeah, Gotti, I'd put it like a negative one. Yeah, so I think that's my ranking. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Gotti is the worst out of all of them. And I think Gotti might be one of the worst I've seen for the Razzies. Yeah, it, it's up there because there's so much wrong with it. And it's such a Razzie movie in that, like, you have John Travolta, who is a star, and completely failing. You have the fact that it's, like, it's un- incoherent as a movie. Yeah. You have awful makeup. Yeah, makeup. It, yeah, it just, it fails yeah, on every level. And it's composed by Pitbull. And it's composed by Pitbull. Uh, fun fact, I was in our movies today, just because pooping around in our movies and there was a bunch of comments discussing the film Baywatch all of them were defending Baywatch yeah justice for Baywatch hashtag justice for Baywatch um so this is this closes out our Razzie movies I think uh, this was a very weird year for Razzie movies yeah uh, I think we kind of discovered more of what the Razzie movies are Razzie movies are about belly flops not disasters I think to me, Razzies are more about failure. <laughs> it doesn't matter if the movie bombs and doesn't make money. It's about failure of what you were trying to do. Yeah, like what I'm like to, to continue the metaphor. I'm saying a Razzie movie is a belly flop. I'm gonna jump and do a dive, and I land on my stomach, and it hurts a lot. And we can all point and laugh at you. Yeah. The really truly terrible movies are the ones who miss the pool. Yeah. But that's not a Razzie movie. That's just a disaster we don't care about. And I think, like, the amount of press you get matters. Because Holmes and Watson, I think, was a late entry because it got so much bad press. Yeah, for how bad it's it was. real. I was really surprised we didn't get I Feel Pretty in this. Yeah, I Feel Pretty. Because that got so- a ton of bad press. And, and like, I still kind of want to see that movie because I'm, like, vaguely interested in it. Uh, I think the reason Fifty Shades of Grey is not in this is because they're... We, they've had their fun making fun of it. And the franchise was pretty much dead. Yeah, it's it's not fun to make fun of. And they already have the Christian Grey <laughs> in a representation. They, representation. They didn't need to do it again. Jamie Dornan, fire your agent, yeah. buddy. I, I think Action Point didn't get nominated because it, they no one expected it to be a good movie. So when it wasn't, eh. I thought Action Point failed so hard on every level. I do. Like, that's another movie I felt could have been good. And that's why it kills me that Johnny Knoxville got so hurt making Action Point. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, it's, it wasn't even like... It wasn't worth it. it. Yeah, like, I... There were a few stunts that I just cringed at because I was like, oh, I know I read that he got super hurt doing that stunt. Yes. And this movie is so bad. Yeah, and not to turn this into an Action Point podcast, but... Every stunt Johnny Knoxville does, you could just believe was a dummy. Yeah. Like, they're all so ridiculous to be like, well, why did he bother to do that? It doesn't look like it's him. (laughs) All right. So, uh, what do you think? Is this a stay tuned or a stay doomed? This is a stay doomed. Uh, I I don't care for this. Okay. Swear, Swear to me. All right. Swear to me! So I gotta ask as we... Was Robin wearing hockey pads? As we leave... (laughs) As we leave this, uh, as the movie mausoleum and head back to the television graveyard, uh, what plot will we be digging into well, next month? Well, Daniel Tosh taught us one valuable thing, and that Comedy Central cancels a lot of shows. This is true. So for the month of March, welcome to Comedy Central Month. Comedy Central Month. We've been wanting to do a network-themed month for a while, and Comedy Central is a 
gold mine. Uh, for our first episode, we are going to be doing I'm with Busey. Yes, I love this show. I'm very excited. I actually haven't seen it. Oh. I remember seeing ads for it when I was younger. Yes, because I, I wanted to do a Celeb Reality Month so we could do this show, but I found another way to sneak it in there. Yeah. So we'll be doing I'm with Busey, and I'd like to point out that we are not locked in on what we're doing after I'm with Busey at all. So if you have suggestions for Comedy Central shows, and you can find all of it, yes, let us know and we will consider it because we're not sure what shows come next. Yeah, we, we have I'm With Busey locked in, but after that, we, we're pretty open to suggestions. Yes. So you can uh, email those suggestions to thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com, tweet them at us at Stay Doomed, or visit our Facebook at Stay Doomed. And if you want to talk to me or have every episode of Contest Searchlight, I'm at TV's Noah on Twitter. If you kind of want us to do a podcast about Action Point, because I got feelings, I'm at Priorities. Hey, where can people see us live? So, you can see us live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania from March 22nd to March 24th at ZenkaiCon. We will be doing stand-up comedy. We will be doing Walt Disney's America, which is how Walt Disney shaped American culture from World War II right up to the Dream Big Princess movement. Uh, You can also see uh, Beyond the Tentacle, Fit to be Hentied, and Stay Doomed Live! Stay Doomed Live! Which is, will not be a podcast recording. It's going to be kind of us doing a little bit of retrospective of what we've learned so far and what to look for to see if your favorite show isn't going to make it to season two. And uh, people who look quite a bit like us might be involved in cosplay pro wrestling. Yes, you're going to have to squint <laughs> to, to see the resemblance. And uh, in Baltimore, Maryland from April 12th through 14th, I think those are the dates, um... Second weekend in April, whatever those dates are, we will be in Baltimore, Maryland for John Con. Yay, John Con! So, I'm not exactly sure what we're doing there, but we're going to be there. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Until next time, stay doomed. <laughs>